This is episode 37 of the Next Year Now podcast. Hey, I'm Adam Grant, author, podcast host, and Wharton professor. If you want to finally crack the code on building a successful life, then fire up the Next Year Now podcast with my friend Tom Hefner. You can't change your external circumstances, and you certainly can't change anything that happened in the past. Well, what do you have power over? What you have power over is yourself. You can make yourself start taking care of yourself. You can figure out a purpose in life. Welcome to the Next Year Now podcast with Tom Hefner. Tom believes that if you really want to thrive at work and in life, then every day, purposeful habits and practices are vital. The Next Year Now podcast will not only help you identify and integrate these habits into your daily life, but also bring you key insights and lessons from some of the most successful people in their fields. And here is your host, Tom Hefner. Hello and welcome to the podcast devoted to helping you thrive at work and in life. The topic of habits and practices is always front and center in our discussion, but we also explore how we use these habits and practices to improve our personal development, productivity, creativity, health and well-being, business and entrepreneurship. Today's conversation with Ted Rice is a reminder of something I know all too well, that you know all too well, that life could be so fragile so short and at times so very unfair. But, and this is important, it's a reminder too of how strong the human spirit can be in the wake of tragedy. It's a reminder that we can all be resilient and we can find our passion, our purpose and mission in life. In our conversation, Ted and I will be discussing the unspeakable tragedies he endured early in his life and how he was able to bounce back and push through them. How mastering our body and mind through fitness, wellness and nutrition is the key to being able to accomplish anything in life. Simple tips we can all take to help us transform our health and well-being. You don't want to miss this discussion because Ted offers us a discount on a product that's going to help us sleep much better. Book recommendations to help you live a legendary life and so much more. Ted Rice is a peak performance coach, celebrity trainer, international speaker, and host of the Legendary Life podcast. Look, if you haven't checked it out, please do because it's one of the very best podcasts out there right now. After overcoming a life filled with tragedy, he vowed to live a life filled with purpose, opportunity, and achievement, a legendary life, to honor those in his life who never had the chance to do so. In addition to the Legendary Life podcast, he's an accomplished speaker who covers topics ranging from fitness to productivity to overcoming tragedy and achieving success in all aspects of our life. A fitness professional for over 19 years in the Miami Beach area, he's worked with celebrities like Richard Branson, Ricky Martin, Robert Downey Jr., that's right, Iron Man, and a number of CEOs of multi-million dollar companies. He speaks about topics ranging from the importance of stress management to finding a path to achieve peak performance in every aspect of your life. Ted, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks, Tom. Great to be here, man. Look, I can't tell you how excited I am about our conversation today with Ted. I've long had a fascination about how we can live a life of passion, a life of purpose, a life worth living. And I think in part because just like all of us, I've struggled with this along the way. I'm no different. And Ted is all about pursuing a life worth living, or as he calls it, a legendary life. He's made it his life's mission to help us all achieve that goal. And for Ted, it all starts with mastering our body and mind through fitness and wellness. But it also involves a healthy dose of resilience. And that's really where I want to start today, resilience. Because no matter what happens in our life, we're all going to face adversity. It's going to happen, I promise you. That's the one thing I can promise you. We've got to learn to bounce back and push through life's tough times. Ted, talk if you would about the adversities you've endured in your life. Yeah, thanks, Tom. And you know, thanks for that intro. Really appreciate it. And like you mentioned, I've had this incredible experience of being in the health and fitness industry for 19 years. I've worked with all these celebrities that you mentioned and these millionaires in Miami Beach. But what a lot of people don't realize about me when they meet me and they don't know my backstory is that I've been through a lot. And as you alluded to, the the losses, the tragedies. In fact, it all started with my losing my mother when I was 14 years old, right before I went into high school. And so high school was just a mess for me, man. Uh. I, I was I spent basically the entire four years just struggling to 
put back the pieces uh, of of my life after losing uh, my one and only mother. And uh, it's a it's a longer story than I'm going to tell here because I want to mm-hmm. just give a, a background, just just some context for everyone listening to understand what we're going to talk about in a bit. But uh, things really changed when I started pulling myself together after I left high school, uh, barely made it and graduated by the skin of my teeth, did terribly in school. Just I, my, my dad and my stepmother, they tried to they tried their best, but they were really busy working. Both of them were attorneys. I didn't really have the support I needed. And we, we can even talk about social support, loneliness, and its mm-hmm. effect on the genetic, on, on the expression of our genes and inflammation a little bit later, if you like. But I, I didn't have a support network, even though I did have my, my dad was around. I had a stepmother, I had a sister and a younger brother. But uh, I began to pull things together when I got into university. I was 19 years old. I I wanted to study neuroscience of all things because I was in awe of how we could have these goals like, hey, I want to do this with my life. I want to get good grades. I I always wanted to do the right thing, but I I wasn't able to in so many (laughs) circumstances. It just I wasn't able to do it. And and, And I started out wanting to study psychology but then I started realizing, hey, there's the wiring of our brain is such, and, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later because it's such an important topic to dive into when people are wondering, hey, why can't I achieve more in my life? So I was doing my uh, requisites for, for that just a year into my university, you know, in my freshman year in university, my, my nine-year-old brother, Jimmy, went missing. And uh, I'm not going to tell the whole story because it's very, uh, it's a heinous and horrible, just a terrible story. But he was kidnapped. He was murdered. It became national news. It became a big deal in the city of Miami. Everybody knew about it. In fact, if you still, if you go there and people from people who have been living there for a long time, if you ask them about Jimmy Rice, they'll still remember the story. It was just a crazy situation. My parents ended up on Oprah. My parents went and met, uh, when when I mean my parents, my dad and my stepmom went and met with Bill Clinton. They met with George W. Bush. And it it just became this huge thing. Now, dad and my stepmom were able to really help out. They used their pain to kind of drive them to make a difference, especially since so many people would come to help us to try to find Jimmy, even though it turned out to be such a tragic story. My my own personal story was that I was left alone without knowing what to do. I ended up dropping out of school and it, it was just this terrible experience. But I was able to find my way back to life really through the darkness by focusing on health and fitness. And that's why I say health and fitness forms a foundation. Now, and it shouldn't be your entire life, but it forms a foundation. It gives you the energy. It gives you the drive. The reason why I'm 41 and, I'm, and I feel like I'm tw- you know, in my 20s is because I'm in shape. I take care of my body. And it also has these powerful effects on our level of stress, on actually our brain mass, People who exercise have bigger brains. People who eat nutrient-rich foods, their bodies, their brains are going to function more efficiently and effectively. And if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, or if you're working in a company or, or an organization and you're a high achiever, and whether you want to make a lot of money or you want to make a lot of impact or both, you need to have that energy, that drive, that focus, and it really comes from our physiology. And that's kind of the very short story of how I I went from those tragedies to doing what I do today. Ted, like any one of those experiences, like it seems like it could have derailed your life. I'm really interested in like how did you bounce back from those experiences and decide to pursue this legendary life, right? Like it's all inspiring. Yeah, I appreciate that, Tom. And and you know, a lot of people have asked me this question. Everybody wants to know, like, well, that a lot of people get crushed, or at least you think they do. People get crushed by these experiences and they don't know how to move on with their lives. And 
the question or the answer to your question is I, I did have my life derailed, right? I did try to lose myself in, in uh, you know, drugs and alcohol and just other bad behavior and, and just also getting high on my pity, wallowing in feeling sorry for myself. And I think that's very normal. It's a normal experience. But after a while, Tom, you hit bottom and you realize you can't change the world around you. You can't change your external circumstances. And you certainly can't change anything that happened in the past. Well, what do you have power over? What you have power over is yourself. You can make yourself start taking care of yourself. You can figure out a purpose in life. You know, I talk a lot about health and fitness, but one of the things that can really derail you and really cause health issues is loneliness in your life, lack of purpose in your life. And I feel like a lot of us, maybe not your listeners, but I'm maybe not all or, or even the majority of your listeners, but I know someone listening to this right now, they feel like, wow. Maybe I'm in a job or in a business that it, it just it's sucking my soul away. Mm -hmm. I'm in a relationship. It's sucking my soul away. You know, you're living this life and you're like looking around face palming like, how did all this happen? People want to know like, oh, well, what's the exercise hack or what's the nutrition technique or, or, or what diet can I do? And it really starts with having a purpose. And, and so many people. They're like, well, I, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, then your purpose is to find your purpose. <laughs> and the th one of the things that really helped me do that was to push myself outside my comfort zone. Because so many people want to read a book. They want to listen to a podcast episode. They want to watch a YouTube video. They want to watch a documentary on, on, on Netflix and then have their life changed. But it doesn't happen while you're sitting there driving to work listening to the podcast. It has to do with the action you take, the experiences you have. And that doesn't happen unless you go out and you put yourself in, in new situations and meet new people and travel to exotic locations, whether that's the next town away from you if you've <laughs> never traveled or whether that's like me, I'm coming to you right now from Saigon, Vietnam. So it really has to do with those experiences and they start to change you. And those altered states that come from those experiences because we've all we've all experienced we've all had like wow i had this trip and it was amazing it was life changing and those altered states that we have from meeting new people or volunteering in a uh, homeless shelter to feed the homeless or uh, or traveling around the world or whatever it is those altered states lead to altered traits. And if you do them enough, you become a different person. And that's what you need to focus on, doing things that actually level you up in your life. There's actually some really cool research behind that too from the psych field. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Barbara Fredrickson. And she does a lot of research on positive emotions. And so when we have those experiences like you're talking about and we go to a new exotic location or we go out and we try something new and we're successful, right? And we have positive emotions that are, that are associated with it. Those positive emotions on a, like a, a cellular level are changing our body for good, right? And so, I mean, it turns out there's all kinds of research that she's done that shows that, yeah, when we have more positive emotions, we're more successful, we're happier in, you know, at work, we're happier in our relationships. But she's done some really interesting research the, at the kind of the cellular level and how our body's production of cortisol, how we have uh, less cortisol, the, which is the kind of the stress ingredient in our body. But that, that cortisol, when we are stressed out, when we are in those jobs that you talked about that are sucking the soul out of us, like that has a, a really bad effect on our health at a cellular level, right? It starts to express these other genes that cause, you know, chronic illness or, you know, even worse. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her. And I'll, I'll definitely look up her name and, and read some of her research, or maybe you can send some of that over. I think, though, the idea about positive experiences, I don't like to frame things that way. I've been uh, heavily influenced by a guy named Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Yeah. And he's a Hungarian psychologist. You're probably familiar with him, the grandfather of flow. And what he kind of says 
is that it's not about feeling good. You need to feel pushed to your limit. You need to feel uncomfortable. So sometimes it's not immediately positive. Mm -hmm. Now, looking back, you're like, well, I'm so glad I did that. Like the first time, uh, you know, I've done a lot of martial arts and a lot of crazy stuff. And people were like, well, wow, that's so, you know, that's so, so cool and so badass that you've done that. But the truth is, my one fear was public speaking. It took me forever to finally confront it. And when I did that, I mean, that's how I went on to become an international speaker and in, in doing all the things and speaking to you today. But it was so uncomfortable, Tom, <laughs> to get to this point. Now, I love to do it now, and, and it's very positive, but sometimes stretching yourself to the limit is is uncomfortable at first. No, you're you're 100 right there. I'll, I'll share a real quick story, and then because uh, I don't want to uh, bog uh, bog us down too much. But um, when I got married, my wife and I, we, you know, we had to do the obligatory thank you speech. And I guess I, for some reason, uh, I mean, I was only 24 uh, when I got married, but she she did a, an amazing speech, very eloquent, uh, very well spoken. <laughs> and then she gave the mic to me. And I totally wasn't prepared and I had no idea that, that was going to happen. And I, if I look back and watch that speech now on our wedding video, it's horrible. It's terrible. I was awful. And so like you, I was, I was very uncomfortable with public speaking. I've always been extroverted, but like public speaking has not been my forte. And so I knew uh, that I was going to have to get better at this if I wanted to be successful in business or, you know, in, in, in other aspects of life. And so one of the things that I did was uh, and it was very uncomfortable, but it, it, I can look back on it now. Like you said, that kind of retrospective. I joined a community theater and started performing plays. And there's That's nothing awesome. like yeah, there's nothing like uh, working through uh, you know a fear of public speaking by doing a you know uh, putting on a play. And I I, I kind of did one further. I said you know that that's not enough. I should probably do something that because that's you get you get to prepare, you get to memorize your lines. So then a couple of years ago, I joined an improv uh, group or an improv troupe in Baltimore to further you know uh, uh, improve my public speaking skills. So yeah, I think for sure, I think those putting ourselves in those positions where we're going to be uncomfortable, we're going to stretch ourselves and maybe lean on our or signature strengths, if you will, to kind of get us through that is really, really important. Yeah. And I love that you bring up improv and we're talking about communication because I feel like it's one of the stressors in people's lives, poor communication, so many relationship fights, so many misunderstandings at work, so many lost opportunities in business too come from poor communication or, or, Let's let's not say poor communication because it's really just, hey, you're not good at it. You don't have this skill developed. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you're an extrovert but had problems with public speaking because I'm more of an introvert. I really need that alone time. And because I've been an introvert for so long, one of the problems is I, I like to be alone. I need that recharge time by myself. But that means I get less repetitions in being social. Mm. And so that was something I had to get over for a long time. But it's interesting how how both of us had similar issues. But uh, yeah, I can't tell you enough. If you're listening right now, you've got to try some improv acting classes. You will get into the zone. You will be pushed to your limit. You will change as a person. And Tom, I got to tell you, man. I, I brought one of my uh, friends in a, actually a coaching client. He was a former NFL linebacker to <laughs> improv acting classes. And he looked at me like when I told him we we're going to go do improv acting classes, like, like I was crazy. And uh, <laughs> that may be true a little bit, but he was like, now I understand. Now I see it. In fact, my business relationships have gotten better. My relationship with my significant other has gotten better. Just, Things got better for him. And we don't realize, but most of us are not very skilled at communication and it causes a lot of stress and a lot of lost opportunities as a result. Yeah, I'll, I'll yes and that, have a pun yes on that. Yes and that, I like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it teaches so many <laughs> so many uh, life lessons that can be uh, you know uh, applied to multiple areas of our life. And one of the biggest things that I've taken away from it, and I think that we all can take away from it, is this idea that you have to learn – Stephen Colbert said this – you have to learn to love the bomb, which is basically means like we're going to bomb at some point in, in improv and like and in life, right? You're going to bomb in life and you just have to embrace that and be comfortable with that. And when you do as, a, as an improv uh, performer, like suddenly – 
when I'm at work, I'm not afraid to fail, right? By taking on that big project. I'm not afraid to fail by doing that big presentation in front of uh, the boss, right? Or I'm not afraid to throw out a crazy, crazy idea because people might think it's stupid because I'm okay with that. And I think that has been one of my biggest growth periods uh, of my career in my life has been going through improv and embracing that mentality. Yeah, I love that, man. I love that. And I'll tell you something, because you're making a great point. Uh, I've worked with a lot of very successful high achievers, guys worth a 100 million bucks and, and, and more sometimes. And they are super, they're geniuses at business, you know. But then they get into the gym and they're like, God, why is this so hard? Why am I not doing this right? Why is it? And they're, you know, they're like a whiny kid who, who's like falling off the bike. We're only good at what we get good at, what we put repetition into and, and have, and probably even more important than repetition, at least starting out is having good direction. Because I remember, uh, I, I've played in bands. One of the things I did was play music, really, really got into it and ended up playing in a jazz band. I played the upright bass and played oh, the electric nice. bass in in uh in a rock like an alt rock band for a little while and it was a lot of fun but i remember when i first started out tom i played my scales i tried to do other things on on the bass guitar but i was doing the repetition but i didn't have anybody saying hey listen this is how you get good at doing this so i was just repeating the things over and over and over, but I wasn't getting good results until I hired a coach or guitar instructor, mm -hmm. bass instructor. And that it just changed everything for me because I didn't have the skills. I wasn't naturally talented enough to figure out, like, I didn't have that intuitiveness where like, oh, well, this is obviously how you play this instrument. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I didn't have that. And, and then when I finally got someone to coach me through the process I became very good, but mm -hmm. I sucked until I had that moment where someone was able to help me through those obstacles that were so easy to overcome for them, but just insurmountable uh, to me. No, I agree. I, I won't get into it, but hiring a podcast coach was one of the best things I ever did <laughs> for oh, just absolutely. that reason. Well, look, I, I want to go back to something um, just because I'm curious, given your background and your experience with uh, a lot of really tough adversity, I want to share kind of my own – and there's a reason for this because I, I want to get your, your take on something I think is really important. But when I was 16, uh, my dad, who is a, a commanding officer, a CEO in the U.S. Marine Corps, he was shot in the chest with a 45 caliber handgun, hollow point uh, by another Marine, like ripped through his chest – uh, the man also uh, shot and killed my dad's executive officer, shooting him in the back. And miraculously, like my dad survived with no real long-term physical uh, ill effects. But that experience, I mean, Ted, it's stayed with me ever since. There's literally not – I know I'm preaching to the choir here, uh, so I'm not trying to do that. But like it's it, – there's literally not a week that goes by that I don't think about it uh, big or oftentimes just in kind of small ways. And so one of the lasting effects is that – it's definitely caused me to think about the fragility of life and the time that we have. And while I think that's a good thing, it's also a challenge for me because early on and even sometimes still today, like I basically take the approach of like, I'm just going to focus on spending time with my family. Like I have three kids, I have a wife, but I'm also building a business. And so it could be very easy for me to say, you know what, forget about sacrificing time. Uh, with my family to build a business, forget about sacrificing time with my family so that I can you know, develop this business lead or this consultant lead or forget about traveling to clients all over the country. Like my time needs to be spent with my family. And I know that, you know, that's, that's a very oversimplification of it. Obviously there's, you know, there's some balance in between there, but was that something that you ever encountered along the way going through the loss that you did? And then if so, like, how did you overcome that tendency? So what you're saying is you have this, this like, oh, I can't, I need to be around my family all the time and I can't take time for the other things that I view as important. Yeah. I mean, it's basically this idea that having gone through that near loss, it's like, wow, you know what? Family is our most important thing. 
And I got to make sure that with the time that I have, I'm maximizing that time. And, and sometimes when you're, when you're pursuing, like, you know, when you're building a business, there's times when, you know, you're going to be spending a lot of time on your business and it's real easy to kind of revert back to that experience. Be like, well, what if, what if something happened tomorrow? Right. What if that happened? And would you, would you look back with regret? Because you, you spend all this time trying to build up your business or whatever that thing is. It doesn't have to be a bit, you know, your business, but whatever that thing is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, you're afraid like at the end of the day or, or wherever you get to in your life, whether it's your deathbed or something happens in between there, will you look back and say, wow, I was really doing things. I, I would have really done things differently had I had the chance. Right. And I think that always happens, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty, and unfortunately, we only get one shot at life. There's no do-over. It's not a video game. It's, you know, we don't get that, that second chance. And I think, I think the answer there is to really figure out what is important to you. And uh, for me and my wife, we don't have kids. We have put the business first and it comes, everything is a sacrifice or more in, in terms of economics, you ha- there's an opportunity cost to everything <laughs> that you choose to do. Mm-hmm. So if I choose one opportunity over another, that means I don't have time for that o- other opportunity. There's always something that you're having to sacrifice. And I don't think there's any right answer for one person, uh, but we do because we all want different things, right? Different things are important to us. For some people, maybe having a family is the most important thing and really spending time and just spending all those moments together. Now, I don't know. And for others, it's all about building the business and maybe they don't even want a family. It's just sort of like an accessory they thought they should have in their life. You know, I've unfortunately met some people like that. The way to figure that out is to, it's through self-awareness. It's about getting some time to meditate. And I don't mean that in the, you know, cross your legs and put your hands in a strange position that you saw a Buddhist statue in (laughs) and make ohm noises. I mean, really take some time away from your environment, get some, uh, take yourself out of that daily routine and really think about what's important for yourself. And, uh, that's how you kind of figure out and and do that regularly and really ask yourself, am I spending my time on the right thing? If something goes wrong, if I, if I come down with a cancer, a stage four cancer diagnosis tomorrow, Am I going to be happy about the way I'm doing things? Am I doing my best? And uh, I, th- I think that's the way to, I think that's the way to get there to figure out what it is for you. Now I feel a hundred percent connected to what I'm doing, but I also think about like, hey, I'm 41, I don't have a kid yet. But these days, people are having kids later in life. Of mm-hmm. course, that comes at a cost. I'm going to be an older dad, so I better be in shape. I better be able to, I better, you know, I better not be stuck in a wheelchair and immobile when, you know, when my kid's in his twenties and he wants to, you know, hang out or go on a trip together or go, you know, do something physical. So, so that's, that's what I'd say about that. No, I think that makes sense. I mean, I I think what I'm taking away from it for, for myself and for others is the intentionality uh, of of sitting with and being very intentional, what is important and what is not important, and 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 sitting with that regularly. I think that's a the 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 really important piece to there. Yeah, get off Facebook. Don't stop stop spending every second of your time consumed with or or, or trying to consume content or trying to keep yourself busy. We need that time to reflect. In fact, I'm a big meditator. I've uh, done meditation in. Uh, you know, in Thailand, I've done, uh, uh, you know, before I moved, well, I didn't really move to Asia, but before I started traveling through Asia, I, uh, I was meditating. I got into it. I visited a Buddhist temple in Miami, although that's not that exotic. It, it helped, <laughs> it helped me learn these techniques and, and it's, 
It's thousands of years old and people have been using these techniques to get some perspective and to make peace with their life and to give themselves some breathing room because life has always been crazy and hard. It's, I mean, we we're have, or I don't want to say crazy and hard, but it's always come with like a lot of energy. Let's say it's like, there's always stuff that needs to be done. And, uh, that hasn't changed. Although the way we're experiencing it has changed and and we can even talk about modern life and and why so many people have trouble being healthy in modern life a, a bit later if you'd like but just give yourself some some breathing room and the answer will come to you well yeah let's 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 dive into that a little bit you've said before uh both on here and, and in your writings um and on your podcast that mastering our body and mind uh, is probably the most important thing we can do, or at least it's uh, one of the most foundational things we can do, given that, you know, the the U.S. has such a, a problem with, you know, unhealthy people, whether it's obesity, whether it's people that are stressed out, you know, there's more people, more than ever, we're more depressed, we're more anxious. Um, like, why is it so hard for us to master our body and mind in this uh, modern life? I want you to think about this, being someone, say, 10,000 years ago. And, you know, some, for some of you, that's going to be hard. And some of you may not even believe we were around that long, but (laughs) imagine yourself 10,000 or thousands of years ago. Imagine what we're doing, right? Everyone had a purpose. Everyone had a job. Everyone filled a function in that community and the communities were much smaller. And we're at this point in life where, uh, in, in human existence in human history, we go to school and we figure things out and learn a bunch of things, but you're not the town doctor. You're not the village farmer. You're not the person who, you know, grills chickens and and sells it to all the other people. And that's what we used to do. In fact, money came as a way for us to uh, get rid of like, Hey, Tom, you got some ducks and I've got some like furs and I need some ducks, but you don't need some furs. How are we gonna? How are we gonna <laughs> make this happen, man? You know, like that's how money came about. Um, so I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, but what I'm trying to say is modern li- modern life is just really taken off like crazy. And the problem is our physiology, our bio- biology, our wiring, our our innate wiring is not ready for Facebook. It's not ready for ads on TV. It's not ready for the types of foods that we're tempted with. And I think that's a great example that, that I'll uh, talk about a little bit more. So, you know, for example, a lot of people say, oh, well, carbs make you fat. And when they talk about carbs, they're not really talking about carbs. They're talking about, they're talking about like amazing things. Like uh, if you've ever been to Miami Beach, there's a restaurant called Joe Stone Crabs, and they make this incredible key lime pie. I mean, I love ice <laughs> cream. So this is a frozen pie filling, key lime tart sweet pie filling, graham cracker crust filled with brown sugar and graham cracker and butter and baked till it's like, you know, so, so. Sounds uh, pretty, uh, sounds pretty epic and pretty delicious. <laughs> exactly. Right. And the thing is that never existed before, right? It's a, it's a creation. Now that's something that's a little bit more easy to wrap your head around, maybe grandma's apple pie. But what I'm trying to say is we're, so many people feel like, Hey, you know, I'm out of control. I can't control myself with eating and and, and I don't want to eat the healthy things. I I don't want to eat broccoli. I don't want to eat kale. I don't want to eat this superfood salad. I want Oreo cookies. I want pizza. And the fact is, that's in our wiring because we came from this time of scarcity. We, we evolved where our brains developed in this time of scarcity. So we've even figured out, and a lot of neuroscientists are doing research on this, we figured out, hey, when you eat, say, a slice of pizza, it goes into your gut and your gut sends a signal to your brain. And the more rich it is in nutrients, like a piece of pizza compared to say, chicken breast and broccoli, it causes dopamine to be released in your brain. Well, what does dopamine do? It's a, it's a reward chemical. It rewards you. In fact, it also gets you to learn things. 
And it, it doesn't just happen when you're eating food or, or doing drugs for those people who've had problems with that. That's part of the addiction, the cycle of addiction. It happens when you're on social media. It's why you get all pumped up and crazy getting into arguments on social media or when <laughs> someone likes your post and, oh, look at how many likes I get. And, oh, our brains are wired in a certain way. And what I'm trying to tell you is you've got to learn and appreciate that. Because if you don't, you end up a lot like a lot of my coaching clients. They tell me, oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm like, yeah, of course you're struggling with that. That you're a human being. Every person that I even work with struggles with that. And mm -hmm. they're like, really? I'm not alone in this. I'm not weird. I'm not broken. Something's not wrong with me. I'm like, no, you're a human being. And you're dealing with what the majority of all other people are dealing with. And so that's an example. Hopefully that was that was clear. Another way we're having a hard time is that we're sleeping less. And the time that we do sleep tends to be disrupted because we're up on our iPad, on the Facebook, or on scrolling through Instagram, yep. or watching the newest Netflix uh, series, which I love all that stuff, right? <laughs> In fact, Netflix has figured out how to get you to binge watch because after you finish watching the show, it's like, the countdown for the next episode starts and they figure it out. That's how we keep people watching Netflix. Or, or they're like, oh, well, if you like that show, you might like this show over here. <laughs> and they're right a lot of the times, right? They figured it yep. out. And how do they know that humans are that predictable? Because I'm such an autonomous, such a unique snowflake in this world. Well, yes, but not, you're not that Unfortunately, none of us are that unique. We have all these systems in our brain and, and they're, they're, I don't want to say exploitable, but they're definitely being tapped into. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I don't mean that in a conspiratorial way. I mean, it's like, hey, how do we get people to watch more stuff? Well, okay, well, let's figure out their patterns of behavior. Oh, well, they tend to do this. In fact, there's some research in neuroscience that shows that. Okay, well, let's try that, right? Let's show them shows that they might might like and then you know down a, a start a countdown timer to keep them watching the show that they're already watching you know let's keep them on there and and it works the same thing with food so uh so that's kind of the problem is that modern life is completely out of sync with the world that we're wired for and so if you ever felt like hey i'm not an exercise person i don't like the, going to the gym I'm not an exercise person. I don't like that stuff. Well, guess what? Life was exercise just a few hundred years ago and less than a hundred years ago, actually. So it, you, it, nobody was going to the gym before because they didn't need to because you were doing manual labor. Yeah. Plowing the fields for 18 hours a day, that, that, that would do it for you. <laughs> exactly. And uh, even before that, I mean, you were building everything that you had. Um, so, so but now we get to sit on our butts and we order everything on Amazon and we order food delivery and we just never have to move that much. So we don't move very much. We have this abundance of hyper, what are called hyper palatable foods that are very high in calories, very high in fat, very high in carbs, low in protein and completely delicious, but completely fattening, especially because they trigger this cycle of eating right? Of this nonstop eating, just like Netflix triggers a cycle of nonstop binging, even though you got to do your taxes and you got to, you know, bills to pay <laughs> and all this, you want to work on your business. And so the problem is people are getting stuck in those cycles. They beat themselves up because they think something's wrong with them when there's nothing wrong with anyone. You're a normal person and we're living in this incredible time because I don't want to go back to the caves, right? I don't want to go back and live in the woods with no AC. <laughs> no AC, no antibiotics. Like, oh my God, I've got infection. I'm dead. <laughs> but we're in this time, Tom, where, where technology, where, where we're at with it, it's taking away from us. And we just have to be aware in the ways that it is and do something about it. And that's what I do with my show, Legendary Life. I, I help people with that. I help people with the mindset. I help people understand like this is what's going on. That that's why you can't live on Snickers bars, right? <laughs> it just it it doesn't give you the nutrients that you need. Well, like let's pull the thread on that a little bit, right? So given sure. that we live in this world, it, you know, there's the paradox of choice. There's never been more 
uh, opportunities to do different things and the things that were being offered to us, they're, they're taking advantage of our wiring to almost conspire against us for uh, for bad things at times, right? Like uh, whether that's the uh, binging on social media, binging Netflix or, or binging on food. What are some simple steps that we can take to help us live a, a better life in the world that we live in? Yeah. And it, it's a great question. And the first thing is just this self-awareness of whenever you get triggered into these things, triggered to eat more food, uh, triggered to spend more time on Facebook because you want to see, oh, I made that post about something controversial. I'm waiting to, for someone to comment on it. I'm ready to pounce really on getting... them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we all feel the same way, but nobody ever talks about it. We're all exhibiting the same behavior, even though like I see very, I, I see guys with PhDs get into these ridiculous arguments, even very intelligent, highly educated people are falling for the same stuff. And they even know that's happening. <laughs> we can't stop ourselves. So that self-awareness is really the first thing. And then you've got to look at, okay, well, uh, and, and this go, goes uh, with the self-awareness. Okay, so what behaviors am I doing that are really taking away from what I want to accomplish in my life? Like I want to build my business. I want to move up in my career. I want to be there for my family. I want to be a better dad, a better mom. And you, okay, so what's taking away from those things? What, what are taking away from the goals that I want to accomplish? Then you have to troubleshoot. Okay, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting, I, I have road rage at work, uh, on the way to work. I'm irritable at work. Well, you got to look at your sleep. That's the first thing. If you feel too stressed and you just want to rip that person's head off. <laughs> <laughs> on the way to work. I've been there. And then I started learning about sleep and understanding. And, and this was before I was really into lifting and exercise and nutrition. But sleep wasn't a hot thing to be talked about. In fact, there wasn't much research on it until the past, I don't know, decade, uh, maybe a little bit longer. But the, the past decade has really opened up some things. So, so look at your sleep. If you're having problems with stress, if you think, oh my God, my life is stressed, I'm about to have a heart attack, well, or, or I'm raging on the way to work, well, you got to look at your sleep. That's the first place I would look at. How do we get better sleep and, and what's kind of the ideal amount of sleep that we should be getting? Yeah, and that's individual. And I, I love that you're trying to bring it practical here because I'll, I'll wax too. Um, so first of all, what people say, what experts say is seven to nine hours of sleep. Now, for a lot of people, that's going to be, nobody's going to hit that nine hour mark. Like, whoa, I don't think so. But you got to be getting at least seven hours of sleep. If you think it's less than that, uh, you're going to be running at a deficit. And, but here's what I would love to share with people because the, the amount of sleep is important, but it's also the quality of sleep. And even if you're sleeping that nine hours, but you're being interrupted in the night because you live in a loud area or you have too much ambient light coming in, it's going to be a problem. So one of the easiest things that you can do is because uh, it doesn't require going to the gym or following a specific diet or anything like that is to what I call equip your sleep cave. And once you do it, you're done. So you get blackout blinds in your bedroom because we need zero ambient light. Okay. The moonlight would be okay, but you don't have that. You've got all the street lights and especially mm -hmm. they transition to LED. They're even more intense. It will disrupt your sleep, especially for the people who have a particular um, uh, gene that makes them more sensitive to light. And you know who I am? Uh, no, know who I am. I have that. You know who you are <laughs> if you're one of those people, if you're very sensitive to light, like your part, like Giselle, my wife, she can be, have the lights on before bed and then go right to sleep. I can't do that. I'll be up all night. I'll be up for a few hours at least uh, until I can go to bed. So making sure you have blackout blinds, you can invest in uh, a sleep master mask, which is 20 bucks on app, Amazon. Also, if you get awoken by, by sound, if the neighbor's dog is barking or whatever it is, someone's playing music, get some earplugs, sleep with earplugs. Another thing you can do, uh, they found this for the insomniacs out there. I've had some really bad sleep problems, which is unfortunately how I, how I had to learn a lot of this stuff is if the room that you're in is too hot, it can be a problem. And you've probably felt that. If, if you're one of those people and you're just laying in bed and it's too hot and for some reason you can't, can't go to bed, make sure that you crank the AC down in your bedroom to about 68, 69 degrees Fahrenheit 
or about 20 degrees uh, uh, Celsius that have that in your bedroom before you go to sleep. Those are just some of the things that you can do. I, I can give a lot more, but that will help you. Um, if you really are sensitive to light, make sure you invest in a pair of blue blocking glasses. Because uh, a lot of people give some terrible advice about sleep. They say, oh, just stay off your devices at night. Like, And I've said that before. And then I realized, well, having all the lights on full blast, reading a book is not better. Right. In fact, it's better to have your phone, especially if you got an, an iPhone like you and I have, have the night night shift on and then put on your your blue blocking glasses. I use carbon shades, which I have a deal with them. If you want a 15% discount on carbon shades, use TED in all capital letters and you can get a 15% discount. I use them. I like them. It blocks out all the light. Also, if are on the computer a lot, download f.lux, f.lux okay. and that will put on a uh, blue light filter on – it'll filter out the blue light, a lot of the blue light on your computer. Uh, okay. So it's something you should download now. It's free, yeah, by the way. Yeah, that's a no-brainer to download that thing because I'm always on my computer during the day. <laughs> yeah, and you should actually dim the screen as well. Now, during the day, blue light's not that big of an issue. You want blue light. In fact, if you want better sleep – you want to make sure you get natural light for, say, 30 minutes or so as soon as you wake up or as soon as you're able to. Yeah, set your circadian rhythm, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's why when I flew from Miami Beach, USA to Bangkok, Thailand, there was a 12-hour time difference. Why couldn't I just go to bed when it was night in Bangkok? Well, my <laughs> body, we all have a clock in our body that's set through light. And uh, you can't just change that fast. In fact, it takes over a week to adapt to the new. It was super weird. I've never uh, had a, a, a time change like that. It's super weird. And you start to really feel the circadian rhythm. You, you're like, whoa, I'm, I have so much energy, but I'm tired and I'm crazy. <laughs> feel nuts. So wild. And so, and everyone listening who's traveled a few time zones over, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, that light helps that. How does that circadian rhythm get set? It's through light. So make sure you get 30 minutes in the morning. Also, exercise can help you sleep better as well. Aerobic exercise and strength training both can help. Ted, real quick question. Uh, you mentioned uh, some of these resources and I mean, obviously, people listening to your podcast are going to get some some resources. But do you have any other resources, um, whether those are ebooks or how to guides at your website or, or anything like that, that, that you think might be of help, whether it's, you know, obviously, there's the, the we were just talking about sleep, but and, and other things to help us transform our body and mind. Yeah, if you go to legendarylightpodcast.com slash sleep, then you can download my free sleep guide. If that happens to be the issue that you're struggling with the most, it's real straightforward. It gives what I just went over and more, actually. I didn't know we were going to be talking about sleep, but I'm so passionate about it. <laughs> it's such a underappreciated part of health and productivity and just feeling good and, and showing up in your life in the world as the person you want to be. It's hard to do that when you're sleep deprived. Before I move on to the last part of the show, uh, is there anything else we should know about in, in a perfect world? I would chat with you for the next two hours, but uh, is there anything we should know, anything else we should know about pursuing a legendary life, bouncing back from adversity or, or transforming our body and mind? Yeah, well, I think having some sort of physical exercise, because this is something that, well, first of all, physical exercise is the only thing that has been proven to extend life. Everybody talks about caloric restriction or, mm -hmm. you know, something like methionine restriction, just amino acids. Uh, but actually aerobic exercise in particular and being highly aerobically fit is the one thing that we have the most evidence for that will help you avoid chronic disease and live a long life which is hard for people to wrap their heads around. But what I want to tell you, just so you know that, but what I want to tell you is your life can suck right at the moment. Maybe you got something fell through. Maybe you got hit with a bill you didn't, didn't think was going to come or whatever it is. 
and you can feel bad at that moment. And you can do a workout. You can do some exercise. You can do some body weight squats, some push-ups. You can go to the gym, hit a workout. You can go for a run. You can do what I like to do is some sort of martial art or some sort of thing like that. And it will clear your mind. Then all of a sudden, that external circumstance, that event that you were so upset by, you're okay with. And you feel like those negative feelings have left. Uh, that goes back to the point we were talking about earlier where we're kind of wired in this way. And then something bad can happen. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this thing that just happened. I'm so – oh, God, it's so terrible. And you had a workout, but that thing doesn't change. It's still there. Mm-hmm. But you feel good. You're like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm feeling no, I'm pretty good. good. <laughs> well, let me, add, let me add a little twist to that. And so do you know um, Dr. John Rady? This is the guy who wrote Spark, right? Yeah, and he also wrote Driven to Distraction, this idea that in, in large part what you've talked about today, um, that we're, we're so distracted now. And he's done a lot of work with ADHD, done a lot of work in the, kind of the mental health uh, space. And what he said was, if you're feeling blue, get some green. That idea that like, kind of like you just said, like go out, do some exercise. But his advice was like, get out in nature, right? Go for a a walk in the woods, go for a hike in the woods, go for a run in the woods, uh, but get, you know, get some nature. So I would say, I'm going to use my improv again and yes, and you and say, yeah, go out and get some exercise. And if you can, like, you know, get outside and do it. I have to yes, and you back. (laughs) And if you can get out there and be in the sun a little bit, especially if you're in a place where or in a situation where you don't get a lot of sun, it's going to even compound the effects because just the the like you mentioned, Tom, and uh, from John Rady, just being out in nature does something to us. In fact, there's something called forest bathing. Yeah, right? I was just reading about that. Yeah, it's fascinating. We have this connection with nature and it makes us feel better. But being in a city like New York or like I'm in Saigon, Vietnam is just a, it's a beautiful city in its way, but it's beautiful chaos. And it's <laughs> kind of stressful even across the street. <laughs> so <Little> Frogger. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. It, it's exactly what it is. Um, so yeah, just doing, doing some exercise outside and even getting a little bit of sun to get those vitamin D levels and uh, all the other benefits that come with Son, absolutely. And you just won't believe like you can feel so bad, but then do something like that and then feel good. It's like, well, then who really are you? What do you really feel? And then you start to realize, well, I can, I've got control over how I feel. And uh, it's just a powerful thing. It's one of those things, one of those life lessons that I knew, I knew intuitively, but listening to a talk that he was giving at my graduate school where I went to school for uh, psychology, when he said that, it was just like, this thunderclap moment in my mind of like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. When I lived in Hawaii and I was having a bad day. You felt amazing. Right? Like, well, even if I was having a bad day in Hawaii, like when I would get out on the water and I'd go surfing, like suddenly it just melted away. Like it, you're right. I mean, that, that bad thing that happened was still there, but being out in the water just melted away, right? When I was living in California and if I had a bad day, getting out and doing a hike out in the, you know, the, the hills and mountains there, like it melted away. Like just there's something about our connection with nature that getting out and communing with nature, not to get too like, you know, tree hugging, but it, it really does make a, a world of difference. And if you, if you do that in a way that's, uh, like you said, with exercise, it's just like this, I don't know, supercharged way to feel better. Yeah, I've never been surfing. Well, you live in a pretty good part of the world. If uh, there's some pretty good surf uh, down in the South Pacific, there, <laughs> I I hear that. I'm I'm like uh, I, I've got to do some lessons though. Like I said, I need to be coached to do things. <laughs> I'm not going to just hop into the water, especially if the waves are too crazy. <laughs> well, look, if I'm ever out that way, I, I will personally take you for uh, a surfing lesson. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ted, this is uh, one of my favorite parts of the show right now. This is where we get to talk about what I consider to be one of the very best habits, one of the most important habits, and that's the habit of reading. Take a moment and think about the books you've really enjoyed over the years, books that have helped you tremendously. You know, these are the books that when you're when you're at a, a family get together and you're like, hey, I just read this book, you know, John, you got to read this. What are the two or three books that really stand out for you? I'm going to be a rebel and I'm going to give you four, but I'll give them to you quickly. So (laughs) number one, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a classic. Probably so many people on your show have brought it up. Uh, And it just, it taught me that 
relationship skills, communication skills were a learnable thing. Um, and two was think and grow rich. And probably the biggest lesson I took away from that was the transmutation of sexual energy and all that, though that may sound a little racy or uh, <laughs> what, it, what he was really talking about is he was talking about our health and how when we keep our health up, we can we have more energy. In fact, if you want to work as hard as you need to to accomplish your goals or build your business, you need energy. In fact, that's one of the, the things that I recognize in all my high achiever CEO multimillionaire clients is that they had enough energy. These guys weren't sick and dying to, to put in the work they, they had for whether it was their genes or whether it was their practices. Uh, before they started working with me, obviously I whipped them into shape <laughs> and they started working with me, but, um, you know, they were healthy enough to work the hours that they put in. They didn't drop dead of a heart attack or, you know, had sideline or been sideline. So, mm -hmm. and then uh, the third one would be gates of fire by Steven Pressfield. And, uh, if you ever are in a situation where you're just, and, and I should probably say that's probably a better book for men because it is very difficult to read at parts, but it, you, you start to, it's historical fiction and you start to, it's about the battle at Thermopylae, the 300 Spartans oh, and you okay. start to read about it and you get in there and it makes the, the movie 300 look like, uh, you know, like it was made for children because <laughs> it's a harsh it's a really hard story in fact it's on the reading list for the marines it's like one of the things that they have you read when you're in officer candidate school or whatever i can't remember exactly ocs but it's, yep. is that what it is yeah, yeah ocs and so that's what they have you ocs <laughs> that's what they have you read oh that's one of the recommended reading and then the fourth book i'll say is uh jordan peterson's 12 rules for life. And I know he's a very controversial person and uh, I'm not a very politically inclined. I'm more, I'm the president of my life, you know, and the Congress and the, you know, every, everyone else, the Supreme Court of my life. And that's kind of my approach to politics. I really need to focus on getting my life in order mm -hmm. and then I can do better things for other people. But, uh, but it, I listened to it recently when I was making the move to out of Miami and, and for whatever reason, just talking about like, it, it was just very deep and it was talking about like how we all have these feelings. We all share these feelings like human beings. I, I, there's a lot of information in there and obviously 12 rules, but there, one part of it is like, we just all suffer the same things, but none of us ever talk about it. And only we know like how how weak we truly are and how, how flawed we truly are. And, and we think that nobody else knows, but we're all struggling with the same thing. And we all need to find a way to deal with our burden, to pick up our, our cross, if you will, and, and just deal with it and, and make the best of whatever we had. And that was the big takeaway mm. from that. And it really helped a lot when I was packing my stuff up. I was wondering if this was going to be a good move for me professionally, psychologically, personally. And it turned out to be one of the best things ever. But uh, during those moments of doubt, listening to that book, and I got to be honest, I don't read books anymore. I do. I listen to them. But uh, that, that book had the most uh, profound uh, impact on me as far as the recent books that I've read. Okay. I'm going to check that out because uh, I'm at a point in my life where I'm making some kind of big life changes, life uh, switches, if you will. So to that point, you know, there's there's times of doubt. There's times of like you feel like or I feel like I'm the only person kind of going through this or am I, am I making the right decision? So uh, so thanks for that. I'm definitely going to check that out. It's a powerful book. It's it's a bit polarizing or he's a bit polarizing. But I like I said, I don't get into the politics. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like Bruce Lee. I take what is useful. I discard what isn't. Then I make it work within the context of my life. All right. Last question, Ted, what are you working on now that you're really excited about? I'm doing seminars. I'm doing international speaking right now. And uh, that's the thing, helping more people on a bigger level like that and speaking to big groups, speaking to corporations, speaking to groups of people looking to improve their health uh, and looking to really step up their lives. It's just 
an amazing, it, it's the thing that I'm most passionate about because uh, I've done a lot of talks inside the United States, but now I'm reaching an international audience and I, I really, uh, I'm pumped for that. And uh, I want to see how big I can take it and how, and what I mean by that is not just, oh, 20,000 people. I just, <laughs> I want to make a big impact. I want to also feel that flow state. Uh, and, and I just, I, I'm so excited to help as many people as possible and to really, I feel like people are struggling in life and we all will struggle, but there are answers out there. There, there, um, there are guideposts, there are things that we can do, tactics and tips and techniques and, and strategies that we can employ to make, well, to at least get to where we want to go. Ted, thank you so much for for that. I know you've helped us, myself and our listeners. So look, this has been a, an amazing conversation and one that has, I think, given us a ton of just really great practical habits and practices and tips that we can integrate into our life. Thank you for being here today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Always uh, good to talk to you and thanks so much. You can connect with Ted Rice online at legendarylifepodcast.com and on Twitter at his Twitter handle, at Legendary Life P. All the links and resources Ted and I discussed, including the link to a discount on Carbon Shades, those are glasses that filter blue light that will help you sleep better, can be found at the page created just for this episode. You'll find it all at nextyearnowpodcast.com slash 37. And finally, just a reminder, if you like the show and enjoy learning from our guests each week, please consider giving us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us stay relevant and findable by listeners like you. That's it for today. I'll see you next time.